Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point, through the good times and the bad, and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. This week on the podcast, I had Sam Canning, the owner of Canning's Free Range Butchers. Sam fell into butchery when he was a young fella. He started off as a clean-up boy, did his apprenticeship, and then headed off to London. If we fast forward 20 years, he now has six fantastic shops around Melbourne, with one more opening up next year. Sam has a very modern approach to his business, which is what I think helps him be so successful. Sam's story is about a clean-up boy who took some risks and became very successful. I hope everyone enjoys it. This week, the podcast is brought to you by City Larder, the charcuterie specialist specialising in terrines, pâtés and rillettes for the retail and food service market here in Australia. City Larder just received two gold medals for the free-range chicken leek and truffle terrine and also the free-range chicken liver pâté. The only charcuterie company to receive uh, gold medals for terrines, pâtés or rillettes this year in the Australian Food Awards. Now, over to the show. Sam. Thank you very much. Nice to see you again. It's been a while. Yeah, it's good to see you as well, Robbie. Yeah, thanks for your time. Can you just let everyone know who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, well, my name's Sam Canning. I'm the founder and managing director of Canning's Free Range Butchers in Melbourne. Yeah, we've got a few shops floating around Melbourne and, um, yeah, keeps me busy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to finding out more about them. Um, have you always been into the meat meat business? Is that your background? Is your dad into it? Or yeah. what was the crack? Yeah, uh, look, uh, have yeah, I mean, after I left school, um, started a butcher's apprenticeship. Kind of fell into that, actually. No, it was, actually, no, it wasn't It wasn't that straightforward. Um, I left school a little bit early. and what, What's that, 15? Uh, yeah, 16, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. English style. Did year 11 and, um, yeah, just decided that, you know. Wasn't for you? Wasn't really for me. You know, I was sort of um, more interested in getting a car and getting some money and um, playing drums. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Mm. Were you in a band? Yeah, Were you? yeah. No one famous. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, that's sort of. I guess, you know, underlying passion that's still there. and um, You still practice? And yeah, all I still play. Yeah, 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 nice. yeah. I play guitar and stuff as well. So, oh. so a, bit more of a bit more of a musician than an than a academic yeah. in, that, in that sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. school That's where my heart was definitely when I was younger. And, um, and oh, well, look, you know, my heart is still there. But, um, you know, real world kicks in. You need to pay the bills, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's a hard business, that music business. Far out. Yeah. Imagine how many musicians are out in the world and how many are actually making, like, decent money from it. Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, I don't know what the, uh, you know, the, the, success, the success rate is or, you know, the people who manage to, you know, um, have a living. But it's, um, <clears throat> I think it's the same in, in, in arts in general. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's hard to passion, get, it? it's, it's hard to get people to pay for, for art and for your, and for your, yeah, your passion and your creativity. It's hard yeah, to get yeah. people to sort of understand that. I think it is getting easier. I don't know about making the money, but it's definitely getting easier to get your name out there. Now with Spotify, YouTube, you can just upload and post and you know what yeah. I mean? If you, and if you're good at that as well, you've got a better opportunity than just some big fat cat, in an office saying yes yeah no, yeah do you know what i mean i think that way it's changed it's i do know what you mean but also it's kind of off, also offset by the fact that people don't buy records anymore downloadings yeah, exploded yeah, exactly financially and, um uh you know used to i guess you could 
probably sell an album for 30 35 dollars you know at jb hi-fi but these days everyone just downloads it for nothing or pays maybe you know a dollar fifty a song or something yeah, at 12 best. bucks a month on spotify you know? yeah well what do you just what do you think about that like this is my view i i appreciate artists and i appreciate you know actors and, and and singers and all all them kind of things but what just because you can sing why are you entitled to earn like 35 50 million like they used to do dire straits or whatever why is that <laughs> but why can't you just earn like you know 600 bucks a week 800 bucks a week <clears throat> i don't have the answer to that yeah what do you think? well it's the same in like you know in sporting and stuff as well yeah you yeah know? like uh I don't know, man. There's just those exceptions and, uh, you know. But I think they should just, you know, the whinge about it. I'm just saying you hear all downloading and streaming and all these kind of things. You know what I mean? You, we're getting robbed. It's like, you're still worth like 20 million or 15 million or you're <laughs> yeah. still earning a light. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry about it. I think these days also um, bands really need to rely on uh, gigging and gigging two, hard yeah, yeah, um, two to, to make a living. Yeah. Whereas... Um, Oh, look, it's probably always been that like that. But also there was a huge, uh, in the past, there was, uh, you know, big revenue stream just from record sales. Yeah, yeah. Now we've got to go out and do some work. Yeah, yeah, sure. exactly. So anyway, yeah, go on. You were... Um, you were you, so yeah, um, you know, left school a little bit early and, um, you know, I was kind of floating around for, you know, a few months and... Um, sort of got a p- bit of pressure from my dad and you know thankfully because you know I was just floating around a bit yeah. um you know he's like oh you know come on get a job you got to do something go 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 and um and we lived in Hampton um which for those people who don't know where Hampton is it's um it's uh, I guess on the s- south coast of um it's in the bay, Port Phillip Bay yeah yeah, bay, yeah yeah kind of near Brighton and that um anyway I uh, got a job Washing trays at a butcher shop just down the road. Yeah. And um, clean up boy. Yeah, clean up boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just washing trays and, you know, washing the floor and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think, you know, the owner of that shop knew that I wasn't at school or whatever. And, you know, I was sort of, you know, I'm sure he was sort of watching me thinking, oh, you know, he's a, you know, a candidate for, yeah. you know, an apprenticeship. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like the kitchen hand, isn't it? You know, as a chef, you get the kitchen hand in, you know, like yeah. the KP or... But if they're, do- if they're, if they're at school, a- if they're at school, yeah. then, you know, obviously the owner or the manager or whatever is not going to press too hard, like, you know, quit school and start yeah, a, yeah, an yeah, apprenticeship. Yeah. But yeah. I think, you know, if a wash-up kid, you know, comes through and, um, you know, he's left school <laughs> and, you know, doesn't really know what he's doing with himself. Um, you know, he's, he's ripe for the, for the taking pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. uh, I think at the time I was like, I don't know, uh, sort of had some uh, preconceived ideas around what a butcher is. And, and um, I think, uh, you know, I was kind of just nah, not interested. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. But then, you know, after uh, working in, you know, in that and seeing what the guys do and everything and, um, helping out with a little bit more things around the place, sort of, I guess, got, you know, lured in yeah, or into got, the apprenticeship got thing. Got a bit tasty. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the, uh, you know, the, manager, the owner of that shop. Um, and your dad's on your back saying, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I can't, you know, I just did it. Yeah. Just did it and, you know. Um, <clears throat> and it's funny because at the time, you know, like during an apprenticeship, you would, you would know, like it feels like it's f- forever, yeah? Like yeah, it feels yeah, like you're cut. never going to finish. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I just thought I was going to just 
die at a apprentice, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, eventually you, you, you qualify. So did you f- do your full time at one butchers? Is yeah, that, is, yeah. You just did the whole yeah. lot. Was it a good butchers? Would you say it was a good butchers? Yeah. Um, look, they're still there. It's Hampton Market next to. Um, they've got a fruit shop and a, and, a, and the butcher shop attached yeah, to them. There's a few of them actually. Yeah, I reckon that kind of setup is really really good. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'd love to have something like that moving yeah. forward. Um, but you know, it's. Not easy to look. I just, you know, I guess you've got to play to your strengths, and I don't know anything about fruit and veg. I mean, I'd, I would need to, you know, kind of pair up yeah, with someone. Yeah, so, yeah. if there's any fruit and veg op, uh, people who are listening, you know, you'd be keen for that. Maybe would you? we'll have a have a chat about it because, yeah. Um, yeah, I just reckon. Oh well, I mean, it's just do that, it all in one goal, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Lamana uh, in Essendon do something similar. I think they've got a butcher. Bibiano, is it Bibiano's in? Oh, Bibiano in um, Fairfield. In do Fairfield, that. do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's a fruiterer. Yeah, yeah, we use. And doesn't know anything about. Doesn't know. Well, he's not. He's not a butcher. Yeah. So, um, so he's, you know, he's like have... the opposite to you. You should. There, there's your partner. Yeah, there's my partner right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is um. This is this is a good idea. This, this podcast thing. It's you know it's getting the creative juices flowing. Um. But um. Uh. Yeah. So you know, look, Hampton Market's still down there, and you know, I think, you... I think they're doing quite well. Yeah, it was a good butcher. It's high turnover. You know, like was we it? used to do like. I don't know. People eat less meat these days, um, yeah, yeah. you know, which I think is a good thing anyway. But, um, but um, was it like full bodies and all that? Yeah, or, full bodies. Yeah. Like, it was a great place to learn. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what. Um, I mean, yeah, because the canning shops are kind of not like that. Um, like we're not set up. I don't know. It's kind of like I don't know. Cannings is, I guess, it's uh, it's my take on my philosophy on you know what a butcher shop should be. Um, but it's, you know, there's a lot of shops out there that still bone bodies and stuff like that, and we do full lambs, but we don't do um, bodies For, of beef. But quarters or no, no, we don't. We get box beef. Oh yeah. Um, but um, you know, mainly just from a um, flexibility wise, you know, boning. Um, Wastage, you mean? Is that when you mean flexibility? Uh, no, flexibility in terms of like just being able to buy what we, what, what my customers need. want. Oh yeah, um, you're, instead of being stuck with cuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. the areas that we're in, everyone wants you know porterhouses and Scotch fillets Primes. and ice fillets and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. there's not really a huge interest in butt cuts and um, you know shoulder cuts so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Of beef. Obviously, everyone loves lamb shoulders, but yeah. beef shoulder, you know, like chuck and blade and stuff like that. Like people just in the areas that our shops are in, like people just not really into that so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, people love brisket and stuff, but look, you get a lot from boning bodies. You get a lot of trim, a lot of secondary cuts. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, just a you know, there's a lot of meat getting thrown at the thrown at you that you just can't use all the time. Yeah. Um, so, so what? So when you get box meat, we also use box meat. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, we have to as well. Yeah. But. All them other bits, it's not like it goes to waste. That can then get put into burgers that get used at the football or pie shops can use all them other cuts. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. instead of you being stuck with it, yeah. that you can't get rid of it, the the slaughterhouse or they can just box that up and sell it to a, like I say, like a pie manufacturer. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, um, the, the boning rooms and abattoirs or whoever's doing the boning, I mean, look, they've just got mad networks of, yeah, you know, exactly. all different kinds of buyers, you know, like... A lot of, um, you know, a lot of those kind of secondary cuts, um, a lot of them get exported. You Did know, they? they've got a, you know, real sort of taste for those in um, other other like countries. China. Other countries, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, China and Indonesia and stuff, they get right into like all the offals and tendons and intercostals, like being yeah, the, you know, in the meat, between the bones. In, yeah, in between the ribs. Um, yeah. You know, they pay top dollar for that kind of stuff. Intercostals are fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I love intercostals. Yeah. 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 
lamb into costals. We actually um, put a lot of lamb into costals in the um, in our um, uh, lamb Curry. sausages. Oh, in your for, sausages, yeah, yeah. It makes a really good trim, but yeah, also yeah. just lamb into costals. If you got those and just like barbecued them, yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. The, the beef ones we used to use all the time at Rockpool, all the time. Yeah, the beef ones, well, quite often for staff. To be fair, yeah, yeah and braise them. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the Jacob Ladder. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, that's yeah. kind of it's got that lovely gelatinousy kind of thing. It's beautiful. Mm, yeah. But look, the um, yeah, the whole the whole. Um, boxed meat thing. Um, well, there used to be this kind of notion that you couldn't get good quality meat in a box. Yeah. And that, maybe that's how boxed meat was, or, you know, many, many years ago. Yeah, but yeah. with the likes of like Cape Grim and um, Pinnacle and stuff like that, um, that really sort of uh, top boning group MSA kind of stuff, um, the meat, the quality's there for yeah. sure. Like, yeah, we've been selling Cape Grim for eight years, and um, you know, comes Cryvact. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Do you just yeah. open the Cryvac bag, let it breathe? Is that what you do? Yeah. Um, well, you don't necessarily need to let it breathe. I mean, you just cut it out, and it kind of breathes it, on the tray, and yeah, you know, it's all good. Bloom, blooms up and everything. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, it's beautiful. Um, but also, look, another reason you know why we don't bone bodies as well is because like we're big believers, or Cannings is you know we're we're a big believer in like you know just aging the meat and not rushing it through and selling it you know as soon as you get it kind yeah, of thing yeah 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 and um <clears throat> we just don't have the room to sit on four five six weeks of beef you know like we sell that much meat like we just can't sit on four five six worth six weeks worth of meat before we sell it yeah, you know? yeah. like especially if you're getting two one body you're only going to get two fillets let's yeah, just say for instance yeah and yeah exactly the so, rest of it starts piling up and yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and 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 you know like some cuts don't need the age that other cuts need so yeah, fillets you know are ideal at about two weeks yeah um whereas you know strip loins cube rolls you know they're good at four weeks and do you do you wet wet age them yeah yeah, yeah we're not yeah. dry aging at the moment um we're going to actually start again yeah i've seen you used but, to um, it yeah yeah we had a lot of problems with that fridge and um what air circulation and no 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 like nah just you know just mechanical kind of things like you know um I'm not a big fan of Italian-made fridges. Um, um, You know, (laughs) Italian motorbikes, fantastic. But Italian fridges, I don't know what it is. They just can't do it. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of, like, Italian refrigeration manufacturers. German. I always always try and go German. You can't go wrong with German anything, really, can you? Exactly. and you know you can't. You also can't go wrong with like just custom made Aussie stuff, yeah, which yeah. is what we mostly have. Yeah. But I mean, with um, you know all of our cases, they're all custom made, like Aussie, Aussie, you know, made in Melbourne kind the, of stuff. The, the front, the main display cases, yeah. cool rooms, open displays, like yeah, yeah nice. everything. Um, but yeah, with the dry age thing, um, yeah, there's a. There's one on the market now anyway. It's a German one, which is, is actually half the price of the Italian one we bought and yeah. it's like rock solid. So look, yeah. we're going to get back into the dry aging a little bit. Um, just how for, does that just work? How, do, how does the dry aging work? Um, well, you know, you basically choose your meat cut. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't just get any old piece of meat. It typically needs to be something that's on the bone and has a good fat cover. Yeah. Something that where the, the, the eye is kind of protected. Yeah. Um, so you wouldn't just get like you know, a boned out kind of top side, you know, from yeah. the leg and just hang it up because yeah, it's just yeah. going to... It needs a fat like the sirloin or, yeah. or the rib cap. From yeah, the or rib. pretty much any loin cut yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, providing it's got the, you know, the... the, the fat um, coverage, is it? The fat and, and the bone, like yeah. still bone Inside, in. Inside and then the fat on the outside, Yeah, isn't completely it? Yeah. kind of like encased in sort yeah. of protection, I guess. Because um, you do lose the ends. 
Yeah, you lose yeah, the ends. Yeah. Um, and if you're boning it, if you're boning it out, then you've all just got you know there's fresh meat inside effectively. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I guess you know the principle behind dry aging is um, allowing the the enzymes to and, and just sort of the the um, uh, the natural process of, I guess you could say, decomposition to kind of take place. Yeah, rotting. Yeah, yeah. Decom- yeah, which yeah is all the muscle fibers yeah. sort of breaking down and all that kind of stuff and yeah. the enzymes are doing all their, you know, funky stuff. But the, um, you know, and and how you do that in, in a way that it's not actually going off and like yeah. manky yeah, is yeah. by having, you know, um, you know uh, an appropriate wind speed like air velocity yeah um and temperature, temperature and humidity yeah humidity humidity is you know a huge one yeah um yeah and then look prime safe made it very hard for a lot of um you know a lot of butchers to do the um the dry aging thing prime safe you know if you don't know who prime safe are they're the sort of regulatory body of um meat and seafood in victoria yeah. victoria only um and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and um yeah so they sort of um heightened their restrictions or developed their uh, their standards on, you know, what's acceptable and what's not for dry aging. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> that made things really difficult. But, you know, it's, it's good in a way because there was a lot of guys, a lot of butcher shops that were just like Flogging getting whatever it. and just hanging it up in the cool room in like wherever it was convenient. But the airflow might have been really bad in there. Um, yeah, cool getting rooms sticky. Are, she yeah, was getting cool, sticky. Cool rooms that. are generally... Um, the humidity is probably too high for dry aging. Yeah. Um, normally. Yeah. And because um, if it's yeah, if it's sorry, too the humidity's too low um, to to dry age properly in a cool room. It'll normally be too wet or it'll no, be too, too dry. dry. Too dry. Yeah, yeah, and you get it's 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 crack. Well, it can look. It can swing both ways. Yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell you a story about that. But normally in a cool room that's like just chilling, 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 um, the air is super, super dry in there, and the fat oxidizes and cracks, and bacteria gets in there, and mm. it's not sort of a proper. I didn't uh, realize because the the fridge is dragging air out. It doesn't blow cold air in. Yeah, it drags yeah. cold. It drags hot air out, doesn't it? That's what it does. And then well, yeah, and it just yeah, and it's also consuming all the moisture as well yeah. um, in the air. Um, so that's why the, the balancing, you know, the balancing act is in a in a dry aging fridge. But yeah, that story I was I said I was just going to say was um, when I was in London because I worked in London for a while. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that, but yeah. um, just in regards to the dry aging, well. Actually, it wasn't dry aging that was happening there. It was just, look, the fridge used to sit on like six or seven degrees and the humidity, like, I don't know, it was, I don't know if it was high, actually. It was just the fridge was not cold enough. Yeah. And the, um, we used to hang all the, like, the rib sets or the, the rib eyes yeah. uh, up, up on this rack. And um, they used to just grow hair. They were just growing hair on them. They were oh. growing like one inch long green hair on them. It was just mankifying. Fuck. And... Um, just cut it off. Uh, yeah, but that was kind of like I don't know. In the UK, that kind of it's just accepted. I don't know. It's just a bit like looser. Yeah. Well, they don't have prime safe breathing down their neck. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like the, I think just the health and safety standards might just be uh, a little bit more relaxed there. It's a lot easier to cook. I find with dry aged meat. Yeah. So much easier. Yeah, but anyway, that meat yeah. was like that was the most amazing like meat I've ever had. Oh, you loved it. Yeah, it was the best meat I've ever had. Oh, really? Yeah, it was this like you know green hair growing ribeye stuff uh, and what breed was that um yeah well the place where i was working they were um they, they were doing their own cattle and they had um longhorn like oh, british yeah. longhorn or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. With the hair at the front is yeah and yeah, big, yeah, you know, big, big horns, horns and stuff yeah. um so what did you think of the beef between just apart from that one what did you think the beef difference between england and, and australia 
Oh, look, you know what? I, you know, I'm just trying to throw my memory back there. Look, I, I don't think I was really conscious enough. Yeah. Of, you know, if I, was, if I was looking at it now, I'd be really like absorbing the information. But, yeah. you know, I, I was sort of early 20s and I just don't think I was really You're analyzing more it More interested that much. where the knife goes. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? Instead of what yeah. the actual quality was maybe. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it was actually really interesting working over there because there's no band saws or anything. So everything was just done with choppers and, and knives. So- and a saw? Yeah, hand saw. Yeah, hand, saw, yeah, yeah. hand yeah. saws and choppers and everything was on butcher's blocks uh, as opposed to like, you know, um, acrylic cutting boards or whatever. And um, and the displays were all like just big chunks of things sitting in the cabinet and like customer comes in and like you grab it and the customer comes right up to the chopping block and you like you... You know, yeah, you yeah, say, what yeah. would you like? You know, oh, a porterhouse or, you know, probably had a different name for it over there. I can't, I can't remember the names. Nah, nah, you know, you get a lot of kind of uh, French influence, I think, coming across, from, you know, in, in, in the UK for yeah. what things are called. But anyway, I can't remember all that stuff. But yeah, um, and I actually thought that was kind of cool having chunks of things in the cabinet and the customer being able to come right up to the chopping block like me and you yeah, here yeah. right now and um, just really sort of personalised butchering. But yeah. Um, the Aussie style is just completely different to that. And um, I guess the downside of doing it, you know, the UK way, um, well, I say the UK way, but it might not even be the UK way. It was just maybe just the shop that I was working in. in. Yeah. yeah. The I guess the downside of that is that it took you so long to serve slow, a customer. Yeah, uh, it took slow. you so long to turn around a customer that, you know, Saturday mornings or busy periods, you'd have a queue out the door, like way down the street, you know, it was like that that kind of scenario. And like, <laughs> Everyone's you, know, like you couldn't do that in watch. Australia. Yeah, yeah, no one's waiting. You know, people just want to walk in and say, you know, two porterhouses, I'm out of here. How do you find like the, um, I think that the the English butcher's trade, I would definitely say is on the de- decline. I would say with a sense of supermarkets, definitely with supermarkets, there's like, there might be, I remember there was like three butchers, four butcher shops in my mum's town and they're just, I don't think there's any now. There might be one if you're lucky. Mm. But I feel like in Australia, the butcher's, the butcher's trade is thriving. It might be, it's rising maybe everywhere, but I just feel like, how has Australia managed to keep that? Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, I don't agree with you. Um, don't you? No, nah, I, I reckon, no, nah, the, the the meat industry and, oh no, sorry, not the meat industry, the, um, you know, the retail butcher, small operator kind of industry or whatever is, is really, uh, has been on the decline for, for years. More uh, than England? Oh, I don't know about, like, in compa- compared to England, but, you know, um, there used to be, you know, four or five butcher shops on any high street and um, you're lucky if there's one these days. Well, I, mm. put it this way, coming from England to here, I couldn't believe how many butcher shops there were. Yeah. So I was like, holy shit, there's so many. But, you know, if you go to Vic Market, Peran Market, you can't move for them. You know, yeah. if you go in queue, I can, there's maybe three in queue. Is well, there? there's only one in sort of like queue proper and that's us. What's, uh, what's that one over there? The one uh, as you go. So there's QEs, there's Joyce and Sons just up the road. They're QEs. As you go left, yeah, on, uh, tra- on the on, tram line. Yeah, so uh, on Don is it Doncaster Road? Uh, well, that's yeah, you know, like you're kind there's of pushing. Two, I think there's QEs there. and yeah, so there's Malroe Brothers and. Uh, so from look, here, it's, it's look, it's rare to have. It's pretty much you know the unspoken kind of rule uh, law or, or whatever these days is kind of like you know you don't open up a butcher shop next to another butcher you know there's only really enough room for one butcher in yeah. any one suburb um, and 
Glenferry Road in Malvern, you know, I guess um, that was sort of the only time that we sort of t- turned our back on sort of that unspoken um, um, rule around not opening a butcher shop next to another one because we did that there. But look, Glenferry Road is in Malvern and Hawthorne. Glenferry Road in general is like very fertile kind of land for business. and um, Free for all, you mean? Oh, it's just busy. You yeah, know, there's yeah, just yeah. like everyone's going there. Like it's just a thriving street Yeah, in, in many sort of locations. Glenferry Road is just is hopping. Um, but... Um, but yeah, look, Glenferry Road, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, there was probably 20 butchers in Malvern on Glenferry Road. I'm exaggerating, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. but I mean, you know, I think there's about three or four at the moment. I but- would definitely say there was the, the, the butcher's trade here is bigger, is thriving more. You say it's in the decline, so I guess it's not thriving, but it's in a better state than it is in England. I would say, I don't know, I have no idea, but I'm going to say there's a huge percentage. I'm talking like, I'm going to say in the region of 75, 80% of people get their meat from the supermarket. Yeah. Yeah. Supermarket. Yeah. And, and I know, don't think that's the case here. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I guess you know, but I just don't. Maybe that we, this, the circles that we move in, not in a, you know, but I think maybe that, that we feel like more people do. I don't know. I don't know, but I do feel like it is, mm, to be honest. I don't know the numbers around the, um, you know, the, the ratio between, you know, um, small business kind of butchery. Like who's buying their meat from the supermarkets? Who's buying them from from butchers? Yeah. But supermarkets are killing it. You know, like they're smashing, they're smashing it. Um, they're sort of winning more and more customers all the time. And look, that it's sort of the um, yeah, that, that's definitely the reason for you know the decline in the, re- the retail butchers. You know, worldwide, as the supermarkets, you know, are sort of stepping up their game and all that kind of stuff, and they're sort of getting better and better at it. And yeah. Um, and, you know, just look word on the street, you know, talking to, you know, other business owners and, and people sort of within the industry. Look, it goes up and down a bit, but you do hear a lot of um, a lot of uh, a lot of pain with, with the small business owners yeah. um, to say it's just not as busy as it used to be. And, um, you know, like droughts hurting pretty hard at the moment, you know, hitting prices really hard, mm. with especially with lamb and, um, you know, the beef sort of availability is not as good as what, what it was, you know, 12 months ago kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, look, you know, Coles and Woolworths, they, they set the, they, you know, they're the, they're the price setters for the whole industry, you know, like. If they're ter- driving it down. Yeah, 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 yeah for like, sure. Absolutely. And look, you can't really compete with the um, supermarkets on price. Yeah. And, um, you know, I will say, you know, there, there, there is some good meat to have at the supermarkets, you know, like. You just got to know what you're looking for at the yeah, supermarket. Yeah. Like I could go to the supermarket and buy some good meat, you know, but yeah. it's it is hit and miss. And one thing that they don't appreciate in supermarkets is um, is aging and just like really like taking care of the meat. It's yeah, always yeah, like yeah. you know supermarkets. It's like it's about the it's about the price. It's all about the deals that they're getting, and it's it's in and out. And yeah. I um, hate supermarkets. Yeah, I do anything to avoid the supermarket. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the, do I for yeah, sure. <laughs> they're just the scumbags in my view, honestly. Yeah. Anyway, how did you get into the business side? Like you know, yeah, yeah. Did, did you study business? Did your dad have his own business, or your mum have her own business? Um, yeah, all of the above. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> my dad was in marketing for um you know his whole life yeah um and yeah he's you know had his own business and he had his own um firm and everything uh and uh yeah my mum's a psychologist so she works for herself but um 
I don't know. I think it's this. I think it's kind of born into you a little bit, like yeah, yeah. that kind of um, sort of mentality. My brother uh, works for himself as well. Yeah. Um, my brother's a, a, a drone operator. Like oh, he, is he? Yeah, he flies drones. And it's all, for the that, military? That's actually, sorry? For the military? No, no, no. Oh, no, for it's like, photography? Um, uh, kind of. It's more about data capture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and what you do with the data yeah. more than just flying the drone. But yeah, so he's a business owner himself. But um, I think it's kind of in our family a little bit is like just doing your own thing and making it work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not like, you know... I. It's not like I sat down with my dad when I was a kid or even, you know, when I started off being a butcher, I never sort of sat down with him and, you know, he never sort of uh, pushed me to do anything like that. Um, it's really like kind of in you. Yeah, it's yeah. strange. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Entrepreneurial it is. Entrepreneurial DNA. Yeah, honestly. I think yeah. I think it's, um, it's just something that, we, that you're born with. Um, and... Yeah, and in terms of like business acumen and, you know, just general kind of business knowledge, um, <clears throat> I definitely didn't have that, man. Yeah, you didn't? Nah, nah, definitely not. And, you know, still learning, still learning, constantly learning, getting, you know, getting things wiser wrong. and wiser yeah, get, with age. You soon, you, you, as you lose money, you seem to learn quicker. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah. I better not do that one again. Yeah, it's just been like nonstop learning as a, as a business owner, as yeah. you would know. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah. you just never stop learning. Um, but, um, you know, I've been in business for myself for eight years. And, See, that's yeah, what I was going to say. Steep, so, steep eight years from the, from the first one. Yep. So, yep. How long had you been a butcher before you decided to open a butcher shop? Is that uh, your first business? Is a butcher shop? That's yeah, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I had a recording studio for a while when I was younger. Yeah, um, it was just a home kind of recording studio, and I was sort of dabbling in that. And actually, I got out of the meat industry for about a year, oh. and I was doing sort of full time audio. Um, and that's just hard, you know. As we touched on earlier, it's just hard to make sort of ends meet. You know, you'll get very you'll get busy periods and you get then you get really quiet periods and it's yeah. like you know life doesn't really work like that and you know in terms of you know cash flow and bills and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> especially when you're blowing it when the good times are good yeah you know I mean? in, yeah and especially yeah. if you're into audio as well because you get addicted to all the gear and stuff and yeah, you know yeah. the equipment and you sort of you know you, you just you know audio audio equipment's really expensive man so <laughs> um you know you've kind of got to have a good job to support it or a good income to support that kind of um uh habit but um <clears throat> yeah um so look i think i was a butcher for about 12 years oh, 13 yeah. years That's and a good um stint. you know for anyone listening i would you know honestly recommend you know not going into business for yourself for at least 10 years yeah um you know just because you know you do have to pay your dues and you know i felt i felt like um <clears throat> yeah i felt like i had a, had a good amount of time to um sort people, of figure, figure out people also going to look yeah going to want to know learn skills from you as well do you know what i mean mm. like so it's going to be hard to employ people yeah if they don't respect you especially at that beginning level do you know what i mean like if you if you can't bring something to the table in that sense as well, mm. it'd be hard to keep to keep staff. So you went from one, and now you've got six. Is it, is it six? Yeah, we've got six at the moment, and you know some some things in the pipeline for. Um, oh, I don't know next next year probably. Yeah, another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just always got stuff on the go. And, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's likely that we'll be doing another one sort of within the next twelve months. What was that? What's been the hardest step? From one to six, would you say? Um, one. Yeah, getting one, <laughs> one up and going. Yeah, getting one up and going and um, uh, <clears throat> sort of overcoming that, that first year of just, oh, just sheer um, 
oh, just t- hard times, you know, yeah, like yeah, income sure. wise. No, like it's, it's just, you know, super, super hard. And um, did you go for, oh, did, did you have a job as well? Or did you just go no. from, from the audio to straight into this? Oh, no, it's, I went back, back, you know, I went back into the meat industry after the audio thing. Yeah, for a few, and, um, for a few, for a few years. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and then, and then, you know, decided I was going to like open up my own shop and everything. So I had to like quit the job that I was at. Yeah. I'd met my wife, Kelsey, yeah. and um, so and I said, you know, I want to open my own business and everything. And um, <clears throat> so I went to the bank and got a personal loan, and she went to the bank and got a personal loan. Um, I can't remember. I think I got a fifty thousand dollars personal loan, Fuck. and she got a twenty thousand dollars personal <laughs> loan. And then I got two big fat credit cards. So I got about, I don't know, I think I got about maybe one hundred and eighty grand worth of just sort of credit to kind of Fuck. yeah, and I just like went for it, and. Um, uh, and you know what? Actually, the sort of <clears throat> the most um, defining moment really was um, securing the lease, like getting the lease for the for the shop. Which was, was your first one, Hawthorne? Oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting the lease for the shop was probably you know the most significant feat because you know I really had to like convince the estate agents yeah like I had nothing yeah, yeah. We we're the same we exactly had the same and rate. it was just this big like I've always I was always good at school projects yeah. uh, and I love projects and you know and that still flows on like I can see that in myself now like because I just love projects you know and like opening a new shop for me is like a school project you yeah, know like yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to really sink my teeth into it and yeah. um, you know just plan and organise and you know all the little details I love that kind of stuff and I think you know um, just you know the first the first shop was um and just getting that lease was um was like a you know a school project in terms of like having to do the business plan and and sort of the area um um demographics yeah the research on on, you know on the demographic and 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 all that kind of stuff and um tried not to sort of give in to any of the doubt that i had in my head that it was not going to work because it had to work (laughs) and um uh yeah, and you know there was a point where you know the, the negotiation stage of getting that lease felt like it went on for a really long time, and I felt like we almost lost it, but ended up getting it. Yeah, did that uh, need to fit out as well, or was yeah? It so that was a chemist. That was an yeah, old chemist. Fuck. Yeah, it was stripped out. It was empty. Um, yeah. But yeah, but look, you know, 180 grand to set up a butcher shop's not enough. Like. Um, so it was all done kind of on the cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't really look like it though. Like it was, you know, I think we did it tastefully and, you know, we still had people coming in going, oh, where are your other shops? Yeah, you know, thinking yeah, that yeah. it was done, I guess they, they were feeling that it was sort of done so well that it, it must be a looked fran- like a chain. A, yeah, it looked like a chain. Right, I look yeah, back yeah. at photos of it now and I go, holy hell, that looks really crap. It looks so cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it was, but, <laughs> um, and it was just temporary kind of refrigeration everywhere. Just everything was just like self-contained kind of refrigeration on wheels kind of thing. It yeah. just hired everything or, you know, um, you know, high purchased it or whatever. And then you're only going back, what, eight years, did you say? Eight years, it's not yeah. Long. Yeah, no, it's not long, but it does feel like an eternity, man. Yeah, I can like, imagine. seriously, but it so long. much has happened. Like, yeah, my whole yeah. life is just, you know. So, did you, you must, did you just start cranking there? Did you, you start getting good cues? And, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't overnight. Like, yeah, uh, it was, you know, started off, you know, really struggling scraping through and I remember that in that first year because you know I sort of had no record with the tax office or whatever I was kind of just you know 
anonymous or I was kind of nobody and then all of a sudden I'm asking them for this huge um, GST rebate on all the fit outs that I've done um, and because we were, we were losing money at that stage so you get your GST back Yeah. Um, and they were just like oh no we're going to audit you now and I had about $30,000 um, to, to come back to me um, in GST in GST yeah. but they they audited they decided to audit us and the audit went on for did you have to pay for the audit ages. as well? Oh no, we no, don't have to. Pay, you don't have to pay, pay for, for the them account, to audit you, but you have to pay. You have to pay your accountants yeah, to yeah. like prepare the audit. Yeah. Um, we haven't been audited since, and that's because we've you know we've got a record and like you know we've got trading history and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But basically, I guess you know they saw it as like this who's cash? this person asking yeah, for thirty thousand yeah. dollars kind of thing. Um, and now they've actually changed their um their policies around um uh when they audit and you know, refunds and stuff like that, they have to refund you within a month. Oh, right. And then then they audit you. Yeah, yeah. So at least you get the cash. You get the money. They'll take it they back. They can't hold it back. But yeah, back, yeah. back eight years ago, they could just hold it back. And uh, it went on for six months. That nearly killed us. Dude, uh, I, mean, not, I needed that money so bad. I, like, yeah. I, I think I had to like, I don't know, beg my parents Start for some busking. more money or something, you know, like <laughs> I need five grand or something, you know, um, you know, just to pay supplies and stuff. Um, you know, it was really hardcore. But um Anyway, and look, um, That's you know, ballsy. every week just ballsy. got a little bit better. And I remember looking at the, you know, I'd do the tills every night. You know, I was working late every night. And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, we just got to the point where we were just like paying all the supplies off every week. And um, it's just fantastic when, you know, your business is, is working out and you're doing the right thing. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. building up these awesome relationships with customers, with my lovely Hawthorne customers who I miss a lot. And, you know, I still bump into them a lot yeah. whenever I'm in Hawthorne the shop or go to Bunnings in Hawthorne or just walking down the street on the weekend with my kids or whatever. Um, you know, I always bump into people that I know like from the old Hawthorne yeah, days because yeah. I, I don't really spend much time on the counter anymore. And, um, um, and that was some, that's something I like, I do miss from like the Hawthorne days. Like I just had a really good relationship with a lot of people. And they're interested in what you're doing, if it's growing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I find that with our customers as well. Like, how's it going? How are you getting on? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, the rooting for you almost, especially if you're yeah. doing a, got a good product and you, they can see you trying. I feel like the customers definitely root for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there was just that really, there was, there was a really, you know, good vibe going on in the shop and, you know, there still is, but it's, you know, it is different now. You're not there. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> How did you find the staff? Did you just start employing more and more staff when you were there? Obviously, as the workload starts coming mm. in. And then to open a second shop, how long was it to open the second shop? A year, two years, three years? No, I think it was um, 2010 we opened Hawthorne and then 2014 we opened Q. Sure, okay, so four years. Yeah, so, yeah. so four years. So I think, you know, we... we um, I think we I think we did it right in that regard like we just we sort of you know we took our time and that's because I was satisfied for a long time like I really was quite happy with how everything was Yeah yeah in yourself mentally and whatnot is that what yeah, you mean? And just yeah, the yeah. business Enjoying and what I was doing it. and Yeah yeah um uh, but you know it did just get to the point where it was kind of like I don't want to I, I don't want to sort of um uh what's the word I don't want to like I, get up, it. I don't want to be ungrateful or anything, but I, I, you know, I got to the point where I was kind of bored. Yeah, you, know? yeah, you needed more. Just, yeah, yeah, because yeah. like as I said to you, I love those projects and you know I love challenges and I love being like Something just mentally new. really busy. Yeah. And it and it got to the point where the shop was so organised and it was super busy. Like it's it's never been the shop's never been as busy as it was before I left. Yeah, um, that was like when it was at its absolute prime. Yeah, uh, and it's great now, but it's not the same as it was when I was there. Yeah, but. Um, um, uh, 
but yeah, I, I just I was at the point where I was like, I want to do something else. Yeah, and because um, we live in Q East, um, so I was driving from the Hawthorne store home in Q East every day. Um, and I was going past like where Leo's is and I yeah. saw that that shop where we are now in, 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 um, in Q there next to, next to Leo's, that was the old star pharmacy. And, um, which is funny cause that was a pharmacy and yeah, Hawthorne was, was a pharmacy, a pharmacy as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was all, they were ready to, um, like that shop was for lease. And so I was like, oh, you know, it's a chemist. Maybe that's a sign. And, uh, and I'm like looking around going, well, there's no butcher in Q anymore. There used to be like 15, 20 years ago, there was a butcher in Q and there's no butcher in Q. I'm like, I have to try. I have to try and do this. Yeah. Um, yeah and went for it and got it. And um, yeah. And, 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 and you, you did ask uh, a little while ago, what was the hardest time, you know, in between, you know, one to six stores. And, you know, I said the first store, but look, um, of course, the first store, but you know, for the for the rest of sort of our whole evolution, going to that second store and uh, you know is just was the most difficult, challenging time ever. It was just like having to split your head into sort of two location or two yeah. two places. I see they've got a video of it, haven't you? Yeah, the fit yeah, out. The fit out that. Yeah, yeah. I've, watched that. I've watched it. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. Good. Maybe we'll chuck a link to that video yeah, in, the, yeah, for in, sure, the, in the comments show here. No, in the show in, notes. Yeah, um, I'll send you that video. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it sort of documented the fit out. Yeah, it's uh, good. It was a pretty epic fit out. It was. It's a two hundred and fifty square meter sh- uh, site. It's our biggest shop. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and at that stage, I was still kind of managing all the shop fitting projects. I don't do that anymore because it's <laughs> just like pff, so. You know, it's just. Trying to run a business and manage a shop fit at the same time is just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, once again, I love that sort of – I love the complexity of it. I actually do consider it, a, you know, great fun. And if I didn't have to run a business at the same time, I would just keep doing that. So did you, did you like, build a core staff in Hawthorne and then just – cherry pick a couple of them and, and take them with you like yeah to, you did yeah, yeah just took yeah. half of the half, half of the fully experienced ones and that's kind that, of diluted that but brought them in to easy get trained and then they could train them and that's, that's how it you, yeah and it all just like grafts out and that's kind of you know we still do that to this day if we open a new store you know you chuck um one of your you senior know, guys oh you, definitely like fully experienced manager and you know one or two you know butchers who have yeah, who know yeah. the cannings sort Style of philosophy of and values yeah, philosophy yeah exactly um, and how do you how do you keep the staff what have you got is it like how do you keep them interested how do you keep them yeah how do you keep staff retention yeah look staff retention re- retention's um been pretty good at cannings and i yeah. think a lot of it just comes down to culture and the fact that i think working at cannings is not like um working at any other butcher shop? Yeah. Um, like we're pretty, I don't know, like we're, I guess we're pretty chill, like pretty relaxed. Um, nice environment. Yeah, it's a nice environment. Yeah, you we, know. Try, we try and do the same. We've got, nice, we got nice shops to work in, nice and clean. They're all new, um, you know, try and, you know, have some cool music playing and, you know, um, I'm not breathing down anyone's neck. You know, I don't not have, overworking anyone. I don't have a anyone. yeah. I don't have sort of a dictatorship going on. You know, <laughs> I like you know. I try and all the I try and empower the managers as much as possible. Um, the managers make all their own decisions for what happens in the store on sort of a day to day kind of level. Mm. Um, and look, you know, it's not you know it's not perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we've got a hundred staff and fuck um, hundred staff. Have you? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. they're not all full timers or anything like. There's no, a lot of, no. lot of casuals in the mix. But you know, even just going back to the business side of things, there we'll get back to that. Where if you take rent, 
you know, I guess you do rent. You haven't bought the site. Have nah, you? unfortunately. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. But you rent and then labour and then, you know, all the other things like insurances and everything. That fucking, just that bill there, it must be, mm. with a hundred staff, must be incredible. And yeah, all that rent, especially rent insane. is Hawthorne, Q, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when would be, M, M, what's I the one? Know, that we, Malvin. Yeah, Malvin, Malvin, yeah, you know, yeah. these kind of ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like far out. Yeah, actually Malvin's probably one of the better ones because it's so small yeah. in terms of rent. Yeah. But look, um, <clears throat> When you do things properly, like everything by the book, hundred percent by the book, Are you and things paid wise, and, yeah, pay wise, yeah, and just yeah. I don't know, super, yeah, and and just yeah, super yeah. work cover, like yeah, work cover. Um, we got work covers a percentage of of um, total uh, wages, salaries, yeah. and um, so we we got a work cover bill. We didn't know about work cover. Yeah, this is this true. We got a seven grand bill the other day for work cover because we didn't know because the back payer yeah. that we got back charged oh from when we, first, when we first got the because we didn't. Luckily enough, the accountant said to us, "Where's your Where's your work cover invoice? I haven't seen that." I was like, "And Beck was like, what's that? Because we have we have insurance, yeah, but we didn't. This is how you know. There's that learning curve. Yeah, happening. it's that learning curve exactly. Yeah, we didn't yeah, know. Yeah. And so yeah. there you go. There's seven grand to. Put I'll give you a little bit of advice in a second, but yeah. Um, yeah, another one that kicks in also as your business grows is um, payroll tax. And um, do you know what payroll tax no. is? Okay, so. Um, as soon as your total uh, wage expenses go over, I don't know the threshold, um, one million, two million, whatever it is for the year. So once you're employing that, uh, you've got that much going out in yeah. wages. Yeah, obviously so the staff pay their, pay their tax. Yeah. We, we pay the staff on behalf. Sorry, we pay the, the tax, tax on, on behalf, behalf of the, of the staff. staff yeah. um, but as soon as the, uh, the total, um, as soon as you go over a, th- a certain threshold of um, salaries for the year, the... The government takes. Uh, oh, I should know the percentage. Yeah. Actually, I don't. I don't want to know it. That's why I haven't sort of re- <laughs> recorded it in my mind. Um, but yeah, it's like They're another. Taking- it's like another. I don't know, seven percent or something. It's called payroll tax. You know, Jesus. and all like all yeah, all big all big companies. You know, have have to pay it. One of the best things that we did um, was um, setting up another bank bank account and um, holding back any sort of. Um, commitment costs like uh, electricity, rent, um, PAYGs, uh, super, work cover, um, yeah, all utility bills every week. Yeah. Every week it comes out and sits in that account until those bills come up and then we're just ready to pay them straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, otherwise you're kind of always looking at your bank account going, oh, oh how know, good's we're this? doing all right, yeah, doing all right, yeah. killing it, killing it. Yeah. Um, so that way, um, yeah, every week, um, you know, that gets taken out. And, um, and what you're left with is what you actually. And what left we're actually with. left with is is what we've got essentially in sort of cash flow. And yeah. um, see, I'm not saying it's easy. Don't get me wrong, but for you guys, you get credit, but then you get it's a bit like a restaurant style. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you get credit, yeah. but then you, then you sell it. So you always yeah. should be not. I don't mean to say you should always be cash flow positive, but it should be yeah. a, a little bit easier than someone who's a wholesaler like That's us. That's right. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. We're giving credit on top of getting That's credit right. so it's really t- it's even more this, tight I completely agree with you and there's no real reason why you know someone in sort of the meat industry or you know in retail anyway um, should be too far behind yeah, really yeah, exactly. and if you are then You've something's got some wrong problems. man yeah, exactly. and look um, 
you know, we all get behind and we all push terms and stuff. Um, everybody does that. Especially um, in quiet times or Christmas or you yeah. need cash flow to get you through. That, yeah. yeah, yeah Theoretically, sure. what you're saying is right. Um, but you still do like, you still do fall behind sometimes and it is hard to catch up, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But, um, but no, we're in, the, we're in the ultimate situation in retail, where, you know, where we should always be sort of cash yeah, flow yeah. positive. Because that, that was one of the biggest things for when I come from restaurants into wholesale was that, I was like, fuck, I didn't realize. Like that was a Some huge- Some people don't want to pay you for 90 days. That was, yeah, that was a huge jump to go from, you know, you, I get two weeks rent, uh, two weeks rent, two weeks um, credit with the fishmonger. In that two weeks, I spend- five grand well then that's five grand I'm always up effectively because it's yeah. always there or thereabouts and I've done you do that with the veg you do that with the meat or whatever so you might have a, you know you might be 25 grand up yeah 30 grand up because you might order that many times over that period of time does that make sense yeah yeah exactly so you've always where as a wholesaler you're that that you're the one copying that absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. so we like we we can be ordering anywhere I'll be honest we can be ordering anywhere between 20 and 50 grand yeah. Do you know what I mean? All the time. Mm. With 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 accounts. That, Seven days, 14 days. That's why I was part of the reason why I didn't want to do the wholesale thing as well. Um, I just, you know, look, I'm a big believer in just making life simple. And I, I just found that one of the things that made things complicated. You know, yeah. having to chase... Um, chase the money. Yeah, chase the money and yeah. stuff, you know. Like, you know, I've got kind of that retail mentality where, you know, like I give you meat, you give me money kind yeah, of scenario. Yeah. And but, uh, but I, I totally get that 100%. But you know I, what changed my mind not to go into retail was I don't like the sense of being stuck in one spot and being like, I'm over here, I'm over here, someone come and visit me. Come to me, yeah, Come to yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, jumping behind the crowd. I'm here, I'm here. Yes. But I like the idea of going... I can get on the road and I'll being put, able to get out there and, and like and yeah, get it, chase yeah, it and chase, chase it down. It. Yeah, that's yeah. what and, and look that is that is something that, you know, um I can see is gonna sort of not wear me down, but it's it's the one sort of bad thing that I would say about retail in general is the fact that you're um, you know, for us in particular, it's seven days a week, you know, we're open twelve hours a day, you know, three hundred and sixty three days in a year. Um, it's non-stop, like you're on presentation, you're on show all the time. Yeah. And, um, oh, it would just be nice to, I don't know, not do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. Like for us, we shut on the Friday before Christmas Eve, depending when that is. And we don't reopen until the Wednesday after New Year. So we are, we just closed that whole yeah. time, you know. So that's we only great... did we did that once in when when I had Hawthorne and yeah. I was sort of running the place myself. That first year, yeah. we shut over that period. Never did it again. It yeah. just hurt. It hurt too much yeah. to shut. See, for us because we've got a, we've got a shelf life, people will order up. Do yes. you know what I mean? And then they'll just they'll get enough to get them through. Mm. And then when we get back, they'll just do a big order when we get back. And that's yeah. so that's the, the joy of wholesale and as how, well. And how amazing is it though? Like, how good do you feel when you? close that oh, door mate, lock that lock, lock that door and just like it's full just like relief yeah. like liberating that's, yeah that's the only time we take off in the year yeah so that's you know yeah and look i get holidays like i can't complain yeah, but i yeah. mean but there's it's always in the back of your mind that that's going on you know phone calls still come in you know yeah. and that's something that's just never going to end until you know the business is gone or whatever you know yeah, so yeah, for sure. um, that's a great thing for us again we're shut saturday sunday and all the staff are off Saturday, Sunday. We're off Saturday. So when that's closed on Saturday, Sunday, we don't take orders. We just shut down Saturday, yeah. Sunday. That's it. And that is beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, yeah. So 
there's, there's pros and cons for both areas. How yeah. big was it until you decided to go um, get a back office? Which you have, you have a back office now, don't you? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Accountants or whoever it yeah, is. Yeah, we've got a head office. Head um, office. Yeah, so the head office is in uh, is in Cube next to Leo's as well. Um, I'm a big believer in kind of you know making things nice and convenient for myself. Across <laughs> <So laughs> the road, yeah. Centralize everything around my life. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so I guess look, there's a little office in. Um, in the Q shop, which is now the staff room. But look, I was in there for, I think, probably a year after we opened Q. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was spending, you know, I was spending so much time in the office, like not doing books or anything, but just, I don't know, like Tetris. Yeah, Tetris, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> World of Warcraft. Yeah. Nah, um, nah, just a lot of emails and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm very, I, you know, and nothing's changed these days. Like I live in my inbox, um, yeah. my, you know, my whole sort of work you know my whole day is revolves around pretty much the inbox really yeah and like you know catching up with people yeah, but yeah. it's pretty much you know flipping jumping between meetings and, and site visits to to inbox yeah, yeah. Oh. um but um yeah so probably 2015 i was like i have to get out of this office because i'd be constantly getting interrupted um customers such and such wants to see you <laughs> such and such wants oh, you know a bit I- of that no more so that the um I guess the, the the layout of the Q shop, the uh, the storeroom. You had to get to the storeroom. You had to walk through oh, the office. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, there was also that um, the thing going on where the owner of the business is still in the in the premises. So. I, everything would end up coming past me yeah. and it's not what I wanted, you know, like I had managers in both stores, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but still people were coming to me and asking me like questions, you know, which they should have, you know, especially, you know, the managers should be making, it's hard for making them their own decisions. It's when you're there. Yeah. 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 Um, so getting out of the shop with getting out of the shop was, you know, one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and just really just like empowering the managers and saying, Hey man, like you make that decision. Like it's going to be fine, you know? And, That's a great um, attitude. yeah. And, um, yeah, so we've got an office up, uh, up in queue there and, um, yeah, I think we've got about six or eight people, you know, depending on what day it is, but yeah. We've so got, you only um, had two shops when you had, when you got that, did you? Is that, is, so you had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so. Or yeah. maybe, no, I think, yeah, I said a year after we opened Q and we were opening Malvern at that same time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but Has yeah. it helped? Hey? It's helped, do you reckon? Having head office? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, couldn't do what couldn't we do, do now it. without yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I really value having um, resources these days. And what's the structure within that? Have you got like... A- Marketing, sales, and marketing. Have you used accounting? Yeah, I'll, I'll it run you through it. Yeah. Um, we've got um, we've got a financial controller. Yeah. Um, we've got two bookkeepers. Uh, we've got an operations manager, uh, full time marketing, full time HR, and an office assistant Fair. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we're kind of at capacity in the space where we're at at the moment. Uh, we're kind of yeah, probably next year we're going to either we're going to need to sort of figure out how to get some more space, whether that be in the same building or a different building altogether next year. Yeah. Um, but I just yeah, I love having a I love having a team around me. I'm, I'm you know the head office has grown. When we first went up there, it was only me and the one bookkeeper and uh, I don't know someone else helping um, yeah. but yeah it's just boom 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 you know how, how do it's you it's fantastic you know I don't mean to be praying but if in, yeah, we can just it's no problem if you don't want us to talk about it, but how do you like 
how do you pay them? Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Is you know when you've got a, a shop, you know you, that's where you sell the, the meat comes in. You yep. divide it out. You've got this many staff, whatever else. But these guys, do, like, do each do each shop pay them a little bit? Yeah. Or is, or is it all just going to one pool and it all just gets paid out? Do, do nah, you know what so I mean? all the canning all the canning stores are all separate companies, and the yeah. head office is a separate entity on its own. Oh, okay. um, so the head office is, I guess you could say, the sort of the the, the parent, like the main. Uh, company yeah uh and all the stores pay head office um like a head office fee, fee. Yeah, each week yeah yeah which yeah. it's a, it's a fixed rate but yeah we figured it out based on um well we've done you know we've done cost analysis of everything that head office has to uh wear yeah yeah um leaflets uh, yeah you know, just wages yeah, all the marketing stuff yeah, and yeah. obviously all the, the processing way. invoices yeah. wages yeah, yeah yeah absolutely every cost that the head office incurs is basically split six ways yeah at the moment yeah because yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we've got six stores um and every week that that money comes up into head office and yeah look head office is run not to it's not it's not to be head office is not like profitable or anything it's just got to sort of break even yeah Um, that's how we have it at the moment um that's how things are set up at the moment um that might change i think it has been different in the past but that's how it's sort of done now and it's pretty pretty tidy yeah Yeah, yeah, it seems to work all right i wondered how you would do it yeah it's you know when you have a gm i guess of of multiple restaurants and Mm. each restaurant pays a little bit of that do you yeah, know what I mean? That kind yeah. of, same kind of, same yeah. kind of thing. We, yeah, like we, I think we had it as a percentage of sales for a while, but um, we wanted to just fix it. In, Easier. Yeah, yeah, just to sort of make it a little bit more streamlined and it means the sort of more successful stores actually get a bit of, you know, sort of economy of scale, you know. They don't, they're not sort of getting sort of taxed because they're, they're taking busier. more money. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. That's how we, we set it up at the moment. Uh, we've got it set up at the moment. Do you find like each shop or the shop's, sell different cuts from different demographics um <clears throat> yeah a little bit um not heaps no not heaps um they definitely have to, like certain things definitely sell sell more in certain areas yeah um and it's actually yeah it's really interesting to, when you, to sort of drill down into that um South Yarra, we sell so much salmon. It's incredible. Like, I think we had 600 transactions of salmon last month. Um, I don't know, three or 400 kilos or something of salmon in one month, just, yeah. at, just at South Yarra. Whereas, like, you know, roasts and stuff barely sell any. It's yeah, South yeah. Yarra, man. Like, it's a lot of apartment living, um, a lot of, clean tw- lot of 20 as well. to, yeah, clean, clean living, clean eating, yeah. you know, a lot of 20 to 30 year old people who obviously like you know very um health conscious and stuff gyms and, and yeah know, like personal yeah. trainers yeah. and all at that. ivanhoe though like oh man they love sausages in ivanhoe we sell like i think i think i think ivanhoe sells more sausages than q and q is like overall q takes nearly twice as much in yeah um, in revenue. revenue yeah but ivanhoe sells more sausages than q i'm gonna I, I, do you think that's because Ivanhoe is a bit more parents, kids, and families, and and oh, Q is really parents, kids, and families, Do you think? man. Yeah, absolutely. More than Ivanhoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I think so. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so look, why is it then? I have no idea. I have no idea. They love barbecues. They just love. Um, um, I don't know, cheap and cheerful. Yeah, yeah. Chuck it on, I, the, I chuck it on the barbecue, man. Like I, I could eat personally. I could eat sausages every day. Yeah, I love I, them. Uh, me too. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. If someone says, 
Sausages for dinner, mate. I'm happy. Yeah, me. I'm exactly the same. And I don't care if they're my own sausages. Like, you know, I just love all kinds of sausages. Yeah, I love a sausage. (laughs) I love going to Bunnings. You know, I go to Hawthorne Bunnings pretty much every weekend and get, you know... Honestly, that mm. Monty, that's it, because Beck does a market on a, on a Saturday morning, and so I have Mont- uh, me and Monty hang out on a Saturday, and I'll say, what do you want to do? Go to the park, and then he goes, he always says, go to Bunnings. <laughs> Honestly. He, so uh, we've, we, we've got a bit bored of Hawthorne. We now go to Box Hill. Oh, yeah. yeah Box Hill Bunnings is the best. Yeah, Box Hill hu- is huge. Yeah, we, and I've it's got the play park as well inside there. Yeah, with, yeah, uh, yeah. And there's a cafe, so we go and get... Oh get, yeah, they've got the cafe. Yeah, I, get, I get three sausages, two for me, one for him. Yeah. Go in the cafe, get a coffee, and then he plays in the play pie. I know. I can't get out the door to go to Bunnings without my daughters tagging along with me because yeah. they want the sausage. <laughs> like, what is it, two fifty? So it's so good. It's yeah, so, yeah. But you also do a lot of ready meal. Well, ready to go meals, take home yeah. meals, whatever. No, the meals have been great. Um, yeah, we've been doing meals uh, even when it was just the Hawthorne store. Um, we had lovely uh, Sarah at Maharam Cafe across the road in Hawthorne. She, um, that's we, we sort of worked with her to to get the idea moving. Mm. So she used to produce them for you? Yeah, she used to make them for us. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we take the meat over and she makes it and brings us back. Yeah. Um, we just started off with, you know, a few particular, you know, very small amount of uh, products. Um, <clears throat> Sarah's moved on from there now um, and uh, I'm still in touch with her. Sarah's, Sarah's awesome and she opened up a few other cafes around the place. Oh, good for her. Um, but uh, anyway, um, and so we now use Coco Patisserie. So Coco Patisserie um, is on High Street in Kew. It's oh, literally yeah. just two, two seconds away from us and we yeah. take our meat over and um, they produce it into all the meals. So yeah, it's just... Um, great part of our business yeah, yeah, yeah I'm actually surprised how well it goes and it's definitely you know it's there to stay that that sort of department in, within our business uh, I think we've got 15 product lines at the moment a couple of desserts amazing pies like I don't know if you guys haven't tried our pies before we reckon they're awesome um, what do you do what pies do you do um, we do uh, a chicken, white wine, and tarragon. Yeah, uh, and we do uh, like a braised, like like a beef with rosemary yeah, and yeah, red beef. wine and stuff. Yeah, sort of, nice. co- you know, nothing sort of groundbreaking no, there. No, but, but it's but it's how it. yeah, it's yeah. like it's you know the pastry is just amazing, and um, the meat that we use is like you know succulent and tender and all that kind of stuff yeah, and yeah. obviously it's all our meat so it's all free range and grass fed high welfare kind of produce yeah um, and um, yeah so now the meals the meals kill are it you, are you seeing them growth in that yeah 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 I'm seeing growth in, in that um we tried it. I don't know if you're aware. Before we got started working together, we we used to have the shop with doing take home meals. Yeah. So and we were doing re- doing financially. We, we weren't doing great financially, but we were definitely get the, we were selling a fair few of them. Mm. And um, but we ran out of space, so we had to make mm. a decision to go close the shop and make it hot, fully wholesale. Yeah. Or get a manager and get a new. A new site, it just got totally messy, basically. So the decision was to shut the shop. So basically, the point I'm trying to get to is, it's something that I would definitely, I'm interested in as well. I think there's real growth in, in ready meals, take yeah. home meals. Look, it's Especially hard. high quality. Yeah, it's, that's but it. But that, that, the price point is really hard it's to hit. It's hard. Like, we, yeah, yeah. we really struggle with it. Um, yeah. I, you know, I... I you know, I was saying how sort of successful it is. It's not a huge money spinner. Like, yeah. you know, 
uh, any of my customers who are listening to this at the moment probably think, oh yeah, right, like they're so expensive. But it's actually really expensive no, to is, make yeah, a good sure. quality meal. Like the, the margin is like, you know, you might only make three, four dollars a meal. Yeah, yeah. Because um, everything's so expensive, you know what I mean? Like yeah. by the time you get the vegetable and also the wastage, you've got to bear that in mind Can as I just well. say, like for anyone listening and, and even yourself, like the the wastage is what kills it. Yeah. And all I can say is spend the time doing your, your shelf life. Spend the money and the time doing your shelf life testing. Yeah. And yeah, take your time yeah, and, yeah, and do yeah. it because that'll save you in the end. Like, um, I think in that re- thing, I kind of think in that Frozen's the only way to go. Frozen's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we, we yeah. started getting a few little meals, um, a few uh, certain things from Sylvia's in Baldwin. Yeah. Um, Sylvia's just a little, little cafe kind of set up but they yeah. do some really good take-home meals um and i was living around the corner from them uh for a little while and yeah they've got great great pies and stuff we don't sell their pies we make our own but yeah. they've got great pies awesome um uh they make our apple crumble at, actually at the moment oh, it's nice. just killer yeah um but their whole business is frozen take-home meals yeah, frozen, and they go really well yeah i think frozen, yeah. it's got a bit of a bad stigma you know, a little bit and it, it's it hard does. to get over that but if you're using yeah. the right cuts like shoulders or you know um jacob what do you call them jacob um short ribs or yeah. you know like more these kind of neck like we feather blade what do you call feather blade um, feather blade neck, like neck beef neck yeah 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 blade, what, chuck, blade, blade, yeah, yeah, blade okay. yeah you know if you're using these cuts they can they can take being frozen yeah as opposed to like a fillet or yeah a, for you know sure I mean? yeah yeah definitely. actually for you know any, if anyone's coming into a canning store go straight to our freezer and grab a salmon or a chicken mornay Little frozen ones, yeah, from Sylvia's. We have them in our freezer. They're so good. They're good. It's comfort food, you know. Yeah, like yeah. This. I've had your curry. You do? Is it like a Malay, is it a Malaysian? What's what? Yeah, it? Penang. Penang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a Penang. And what do you do? Do you do another one? Another curry as well? Um, oh, we do a few curries. We do a yeah. green. We do a butter chicken. Um, we do the Penang. We did a red, but we felt the red was too close to Penang. So yeah, yeah. So um, look, the meals are hard, um, but it's um, you know thrown in the mix of everything else that we're doing. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So that's what we, what we found was you do good on them and if you have a bad day and you get left with three well then that's basically your profit gone on the, yeah. on the last six you've just sold really yeah. yeah freezing them or figuring out a way just to have like really decent shelf life like 10 12 day shelf life like then, yeah, yeah. then you're okay yeah but if you've got like three four day shelf lives then it's just gonna end up in the bin man Definitely. there's just not enough room for you know for sure have you how's um, value adding changed the, the the butcher's business at the moment oh look value adding's I guess something that's been uh, developing for, for sort of many years I guess you know um, butchers have kind of been marinating things for a long time yeah um, and then there was this big sort of phase of like oh anyone who's marinating and crumbing things is called a gourmet butcher and um, everyone calls but like Everyone's like, oh, canning, oh, you're that gourmet butcher. It's like, oh, yeah, I've kind of forgotten about that term gourmet butcher because yeah, it's yeah. like every butcher's gourmet these days if like if you want to, you know, if you want to call it that, you know, like we're all sort of marinating things and um, uh, trying to get the most out of everything, aren't you, really? Yeah, but look, 
make it easier. No, like we don't value out that much. Like, there's not? some shops. There's some shops that like hand like just spend so much time and effort on things, and I think that's absolutely awesome. But I yeah. like we just can't make it work. If things that just take forever to make, when you start doing the costings, you mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I think like it's the a, labor man. It's different when you work there and your it's your business. Absolutely, because you're not taking that head butcher wage that can, that's yes. getting binned effectively. You know what I mean? Yes. So you can. You don't mind spending that extra hour or that extra two hours yeah. or whatever it might be. I think, look, real value adding, like, I'll give you an example, like the meals, like that is like intense value adding. Like yeah. It's cooking. It, like yeah, cooking yeah. is like next level value adding, I think. Yeah. I think cooking is great. Um, but um, but look, things like sausage rolls, we make sausage rolls. Um, I like stuff on a skewer. Pizzas, I love stuff on a stick. Skewers, yeah, yeah. Stick, yeah. stick, stick but that's class. Like, yes, it's value adding, but it's like... Oh, I'm just, we've been doing it for so long that it doesn't even feel like value adding. It just feels like that's what you do. Um, But yeah, look, you've got to do it, man. Like you can't just sell chops and sausages these days. Um, And there's some shops that I guess still do that. They might have a little bit of a few veggies with some beef strips and, you know, beef stir fry. Stir fry, yeah. And that that might be the the extent of it or some marinated chicken drumettes. And um, look, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to inspire the customer with, that real basic kind of um, sort of butchering these I like, days. I like some of the roasts as well that are getting done. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, like wrapping in bacon or, yeah. you know what I mean? Stuffing the chicken with butter or just these, yeah, kind, of, these yeah. kind of things. That's nice when, yeah. when you see butcher shops doing that. You know what? I'd love to do more. I would just love to just value add the hell out of everything. I'd love to have a shop where every single product is completely and utterly value added to the nth degree. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I, you know, I, that would be inspiring for me. Yeah. But just in a real world, it's just so hard to do it, yeah, especially yeah. when you're not working in it. It's hard for me to say, hey, guys, I want you to you know, have you know, 20 value-added 20 value products back to me for you know, research and development by the end of the week. Like, it just doesn't get done yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know, in the end of the day, like, we're busy and it's, just, it's hard to find the time to get super creative on all the Especially if it doesn't minutia. move. If it doesn't yeah. move, it's a bit like, well, what's the point? But then you've got to put the effort in for it to be the point. Do you know what I mean? One of the ones that we've just done recently is um, is a chicken parma. Yeah. I don't know, like that's just an old favourite and maybe yeah. that's why it does so well. But Coco cooks the um, chicken parmas for us, our schnitzels. Yeah. Um, and um, and then we put the passata and the ham and the, the cheese, cheese and they yeah. just fly out the door, man. Yeah, I love... And I- that's an awesome value add, like... Customer literally would have to do is like put on a baking tray and chuck it in the oven for 10 minutes on 180 or something, you yeah, know, yeah, and it's yeah. just like mad parma. They haven't had to do anything for it. Yeah, perfect. So, Blind some vegetables or make a salad and you're ready to go, aren't you? Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. So why did you go into the free range? What made you, what made you choose free range? Yeah. Um, well, look, I've always been really passionate about animal welfare, like yeah. genuinely. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And like if I was ever going to have my own business, it would have to be ethical the thought now of eating non-free range just trips me out yeah honestly. it absolutely. really it really freaks me out oh, especially with eggs and chicken and, eggs, and pork yeah, and pork, pork. Um, yeah definitely them 100%. and look, there's no real sort of terminology around beef and lamb you know what makes it free range um and we've sort of created our own guidelines or criteria for how we select our suppliers yeah and um and that's being 100 percent grass-fed no grain no feedlotting and because you know Beef that, What's feedlotting? Well, feedlotting is when cattle are put into um, a yard and, you know, we just like grain bins. Yeah. And look, the cattle love it. Like, it's just food on tap and yeah, they yeah. just love eating that grain stuff. So yeah. it's, it's not really an issue in terms of like 
I guess sort of the immediate kind of happiness of the of the animal. But um, what it changes that look their bodies are meant to process grass and it's there's processes that are changing in their body when they're in their eating grain and one of them in particular is the um it's the balance between the omega-6 and the omega-3 fatty acids yeah. in, in their in their body which um changes drastically when you when they're eating grain like the ratios of omega-6 to omega-3 yeah and it becomes the omega-6 and omega-3 ratios are sort of so far out of whack that it's actually it's no longer beneficial for uh like um uh, nutritionally, it's not as beneficial for humans to eat it oh, right. when they're, yeah, when they're yeah. grain-fed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you and know, also when they go into a feedlot, they get a um, they get an antibiotic growth hormone yeah. kind of thing because it's sort of um, stocking density is so high. Um, so they just routinely give them antibiotics, growth hormones, and stuff like that, to, so they grow quicker and leaner. Because when you're in a feedlot, it's all about getting them in. To, to the to the slaughter weight, getting them out. It's normally the, normally finished on that. Is that right? Is that is that right? Am I making that yeah, up? Yeah, finished on grain. Finished on grain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, like, like some wag, yeah. some waggies and stuff are in there for like three hundred days. I mean, that's yeah, not finishing. Fuck, that's, that's definitely like, not finishing. You know, <laughs> no, no. But um, look, in Victoria, um, it's pretty hard to get a hundred percent grass fed article twelve months of the year that's any good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time, they do need to throw them into a feedlot for 50, 60 days. Because the other option is to just put the f- the food out in the in the fields, right? Is this right? And they just go and eat the food when they want? Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, look, for like hay and silage yeah, yeah. and stuff like that is still considered to be grass-fed because um, it is essentially grass, but it's just dry grass or whatever. Um, I'm not a farmer, by the way, yeah, so yeah. There's, any, there's probably some farmers out there going, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> no, uh, the... Um, the look if i could i tell you what i'd really love to be able to find a free range grain fed product because some of our customers actually might want a grain fed product I love but, grain I, fed. but i cannot find a free range grain fed uh producer product so if there's anyone out there who's listening and you know they reckon they've got the yeah. answer to that then please let me know because yeah. i've just i've searched high and low and i just can't find that person that yeah, does that yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah pretty much all the time they end up in a feedlot and um, therefore as per our sort of um, uh, selection process the criteria that you know Cannings has developed that's not we say that's not free range yeah yeah, um, yeah. oh because they're all in there the antibiotics yeah, yeah I get it I get yeah, it yeah, yeah. Yeah. who are some of the good suppliers that you do use who would you, who would you say are your champions yeah so look we're using um we're using St. Bernard's at the moment for our pork. It's all yep. APIC certified, um, APIQ certified, sort of like the highest standard of uh, free range accreditation in, yeah. in, um, in pork. Yeah. Um, yeah, awesome product. Really high welfare of the pigs. They really look after them. Um, Is that Borodale, no? Antibiotic free. We're not using Borodale at the moment. No. Yeah, we were using them for years. They've been really, really good. Borodale yeah. absolutely fantastic as well. We wanted something a little bit closer to home. Yeah, okay. Um, so St. Bernard's are in um, Cowra. Good, New South Wales. Yeah, no, it's been really good. Yeah. Um, so we've been with them for about three months. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, so far, so good. Um, yeah, we use a lot of Cape Grim. Yeah, yeah. Tasmania. Yeah, Tasmanian grass-fed beef. Yeah. Um, look, yeah, probably about 80% of our beef is Cape Grim at the moment. Yeah, the what, other, we the, use a lot of that rock pool. Yeah, the other 20% is Pinnacle, which is a, I've never heard of them. Are they good? Oh, it's like... As good as Cape Grim. Yeah. Um, but they get a lot of meat out of um, southern New South Wales yeah, and okay. they just can't get it at the moment. Oh. Yeah. So, um, but look, in terms of the beef, they're our, they're pretty much our only, our only go-tos with yeah. beef. And um, lamb? 
Um, yeah, look, lambs are a tough one because lambs are season. It's like it's so seasonal. You can only pull good lambs out of any one particular region for two months, three months of the year yeah, before yeah. you have to sort of move around. So we can't sort of pin down to any one Once producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, we work really closely with um, some buyers and um, an abattoir who source for us yeah. um, based on seasonality and, you know, just the welfare yeah, side yeah, of things yeah. uh, in terms of, yeah, what farmers we're using. And how is – sorry – um, and yeah, we use hazeldeans as well for our oh, chicken. Yeah. We've been we've been with hazeldeans for years. Um, hazeldeans do non free range. They also have um, a free range uh, arm of their business. Yeah, we use and them as well. Yeah, so I really love the uh, the hazeldeans. Like honestly, I reckon it's the best chicken out there. It's the best chicken on the market in terms of like a. Um, uh, you don't want to say mass produced. I don't want to say mass produced, but what, it is yeah, in terms of like because it's it's, it's, it's it's a commercial operation. You yeah. know, like we we also use. Um, um, and look, yeah, I mean, realistically, for the amount of chicken that we go through and the fact that we get it all boned for us to our specifications and the sizing and all that kind of stuff, yeah. small producers just can't do that. You know, like we, we do use um, uh, Yapunya. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. a small, small farm um, in oh, northwest Victoria. Um, I've also, I think I've done a video. What's, yeah. he, what's he called, Yapunya? Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah. Ian. Ian, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're amazing birds. They're the, they're the like man. They, they are legitimately the best chickens I've ever seen. Yeah. But like you know, like they, they don't they only produce about fifty a week. Yeah, and the, and they're beautiful. And I would uh, on a Sunday as a treat or whatever, but it is a treat. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's it twice really the is. price of a yeah, of a commercial yeah. chicken. Yeah. Um, but when you feel it, you hold it, and you're like, the skin is different. The bone, thick. The, the skin's the, thick as fuck. Yeah, it's like taking a human skin off. I'm yeah. not, I've done it, but it is. So it's like <laughs> it's so thick. The bones are like bloody. Yeah, bones are nice and chunky and, yeah. and, and firm. Like a normal chicken or whatever commercial chicken, you can cut through the bone with a knife. But like yeah, these it, ones, you're like, Argh! yeah, it's so true. It is, and the meat, I find it, it needs way more. Needs more cooking. Way more cooking. It's darker. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's real. It's real chicken. Yeah. Um, I can imagine, so. like, when my mum used to tell me stories about, you know, as your birthday present, you'd get a chicken as a birthday present, you know, because they were expensive back in the day. Seriously. Yeah, okay. It was like, you know, that would be a real treat. You know, like kids now get a birthday cake or whatever, you yeah. get a roast chicken. Yeah. Now, I can imagine that's what it tasted like back in them days, you know? Yeah. Like a real. Absolutely, yeah, the one that like you know that their dad just like plucked from the garden. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'd love to have some chickens one day, just so I can sort of teach my children no, about the, the cycle of life. We've got a big Samoyed dog as well, so and he, I don't think he'll he'll allow us to have chickens in the backyard. <laughs> he would love to just you have know, dinner, <laughs> throttle them. <laughs> how was them? How was the the drought in New South Wales affected you guys? Um, well, look, it's. Uh, well, firstly, I'll start by saying, you know, like it's affected the, the farmers probably more, more than anyone else. Of course. And, um, and look, I, I should have known probably more about the drought than I did. Um, but I watched Four Corners the, the other week and I was absolutely heartbroken by, you know, what I saw, like the severity of it and just like the desperation and the effect, like just the, the sort of psychological effect that oh. it has on the farmers. And it just like... You couldn't imagine it. Just breaks you down. And the fact that, you know, all you've kind of got in that situation is just like the, like hope. Hope that it fucking rains. Yeah. That's what you're hoping for. You've got no, like seriously, like you've kind of like got to, like you're praying to the gods. You must wake up every day thinking, please fucking rain. Yeah. And they wake up every day and it's just blue sky and it's like blue sky, fuck me. I know. It's the last thing they want. I just can't believe, and, and I'm not, 
ignorant or whatever. I just can't believe that this day and age with all the technology and all the, you know, you just think, like, how is, how is this still fucking happening? I know. Can't they just, like, make it rain? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, I thought, obviously, they can't and all the other reasons. Surely like, Elon Musk has a solution to that. Yeah, exactly. Fuck, it's so, so sad, man. Like, people committing suicide yeah. and, and like you know not and, emba- and, and, ashamed and and, yeah. I've heard things and like, people giving up on 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 the, the their farms and like the legacy and stuff that they have that the families yeah, generations like just, yeah. and, and look it's just making uh the phenomenon that's already happening is you know just like people getting out of agriculture and farming altogether mm. and it's just sort of um yeah, why are we doing this? What's yeah, the fucking point? It's, it's just reinforcing that kind of yeah, thing. So yeah. I just reckon that's like really heartbreaking. And the one thing, the one thing that really sort of resonated me, with me was the fact that they're going into summer. We're le- we're going into summer now. Normally, it would have rained during winter, and there'd be heaps of lush green grass everywhere. There'd be hay stores everywhere to, get, to draw to get down to this. get through summer. Yeah, yeah. But the drought was being through winter, so the place is completely like decimated. It's like dust, isn't it? And they're going it. into summer. You know, so um, you know, it's hard for me to say anything like about how it's how it's affected me. But I will say that land, I've never seen land prices so high. Land yeah. prices are insane at the moment. Um, they've gone up by you know it was it was ten percent, then it was twenty percent, then it was thirty percent, now it's forty yeah. percent. Um, you know, so land prices have gone absolutely crazy. It will, it'll mean it'll come back, but at the moment, you know, all the farmers were just so they couldn't feed them. They couldn't yeah, feed them, yeah, so yeah. they just put they're just sending them to market. So there was you know. Six or twelve months ago, there was a huge flurry of sort of lamb coming through the market, and that was oh, to try and get the money just to, to get the lambs out yeah, the door out because the door, they couldn't feed them. them. Yeah, and yeah. So it's already happened, and, yeah. and in terms of like, and so now there's nothing left. There's no breeding stocks, and now there's just there's no lambs around, oh. and so you know you're seeing lambs, um, lamb prices just fly through the roof, and um, yeah, we've um, yeah we've had to. You know, like we hold on for as long as we can, you know, with price fluctuations and everything. We like to try and keep prices as stable as possible, um, mainly because we hate redoing tickets. Yeah. uh, (laughs) um, But, um, yeah, no, I couldn't hold on any longer and we've had to boost the price of lamb up. But we couldn't boost it up by as much as we needed to, like, because otherwise, you know, lamb cutlets would be 80 bucks a kilo, you know. So we've had to sort of spread it out over to make it uh, like a whole, like, you know, as a whole to make you know, commercially sort of acceptable. We've had to sort of reevaluate all of the pricing in throughout the whole store um, to help balance out the price of the lamb. Yeah. yeah. What um, what can people? Do? Well, one more thing. I was saying the other day actually that even if it rained like one day, it's that dry. The water just runs off. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, they had some good rain last week. They've had some really good rain. Yeah. Um, which. But you know, they which say is it great. needs a good like to absorb. I didn't even yeah. think of that. You know, yeah. like fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm having a think about it at the moment. After um, after we uh, after I watched Four Corners that night, I sort of left going, "What can I do? Yeah, what, what can, can I do? do? What yeah. can I do?" Like we did the Palmer for a Farmer thing for a little while. We did a promotion where every Palmer that we saw, we gave I don't know two bucks to buy a bale. Yeah, we are buying. Um, um, hay for farmers. Yeah, uh, and that's some, that's still available. You can go online and you can see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, everyone can donate and, and yeah, and help yeah, buy. yeah. Um, so I'm just me and a, a, like my marketing people are sort of trying to come up with a way that we can just really sort of use our retail exposure to to come up with something um, to make a 
really good impact yeah, um, yeah. And, and really sort of make a positive contribution to the, to the, to the farmers. Because yeah. it's like, it's not like... Look, us, us by putting the prices up, that's not helping anything, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's not enough, you know? Like, that's just paying for the meat, you know? And it's not like, you know, it's not up to me to just go, okay, cool, I'm going to donate 100000 It's not up to any one person. You know, we should all, you know... And as just, you know, as a, you know, city slicker, you know, I just was completely oblivious yeah, to how too. bad it was. Yeah, me too, you know? me too. Um, and, you know, all most people living in... You know, in the city, has no have no idea. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So, um, yeah. I just feel like as a collective, can everyone not just throw in? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can everyone? You know, it doesn't matter. Like, everyone, you know, as a business, you can throw in five in the box, surely. Yeah, like, surely. Can everyone not just throw in? Yeah. So if you come up with an idea, no Who, shit. Who's we'll, going to we'll, start it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, well, I think, maybe yeah. I'm going to start it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I've got a couple of ideas. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just. A little it's bit. Not, it's a little bit for for a lot of for, uh, you know a little. A lot of people need to do a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And I think as well, it's not now as well. Like now is you know hard, but they need something to get them through. You know, they've got no yeah. fucking money. Yeah, they've lost their livelihood, so it's going to have to be. You well, know, they're what buying. I mean? Yeah, I think I think a lot of the you know the financial stress is um, coming from the fact that they're having to buy so much food yeah. that they normally like. They're all grass fed. Especially in a lot of those regions, um, it's normally really fertile land, and there's yeah, it's yeah. usually lots of grass, um, and there's none, so they don't usually have to pay for food. Yeah, the fucking so, the government need to get onto it a bit more as well. Yeah, in my view, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like fuck. Yeah. Get onto it. And now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Anyway, I could go on all day about that kind of shit, but they should put their hand in the pocket, their own fucking pockets. Do you know what yeah. I mean? All of them. Yeah. Um, three more. Hit me. Um, what do you do for marketing? What like yeah? You have a marketing team, don't you? Um, yeah, well, we have a full time marketing manager um, who works with us in the head office. Um, oh, we do all the sort of obligatory kind of socials and st- stuff like that. Um, uh, I'm a big believer in imagery, photography. Yeah. Um, spend money on photography. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just it's money well spent. Um, if you look at our online store, um, if you didn't know, we deliver meat all over Melbourne and, um, we've got awesome imagery. Um, you know, we have people contacting, contacting us all over the world saying, Hey, can we use your images? And we're like, no, they're ours. <laughs> we paid for those. We made, you know, we made that happen. Um, um, SEO, search engine optimization. Did you pay it. for that? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, AdWords. Is that because you've got, um, an online store? Yeah, look, it is, but I also believe that like digital marketing is pretty much you know the, the, the way, way forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, we used to do quite a lot of print, um, but it, you know anyone who's who's done it before will know that it's pretty expensive. Um, yeah, yeah, it's dying, print, and it's isn't really it? hard to to measure it, know if it's working. Yeah. Um, what you seen with with the. Um, Add words and things. You, you, well, you're paying for it, aren't you? Yeah, so you, know, but you know if they're clicking. Yeah, on it. but you get all the, um, the you data. get all the insights from yeah, it, yeah. yeah, and the analytics. So, yeah. um, would you say that works the best for you? Yeah, SEO is awesome. Yeah, because everyone looks online. Everyone's first thing someone does if they, well, if they're looking for something. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, online. Um, look, probably one of the thing. Look, there's a couple of things. We, look, we've done so many things over the years, but look, um, the SMS program that we did. Um, Text message. Yeah, text message um, is probably, well, it's not free, but it's pretty cheap, yeah. you know, for marketing. Like it's And it's the most it's the most ideal form of marketing that anyone could ever hope for. Direct, you know, like we're both sitting here right Ding, now with yeah. our phones on the table. I mean... Um, and what would you put through there? Specials or... Yeah, yeah. like, um, yeah, obviously special offers and stuff, but it's just a great way of communicating with your staff as well. Like if we're... Um, 
you know, all public holidays we send out a text saying, hey, don't forget we're open and yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, look, come Christmas time, we send we send all the star, uh, all the, uh, all the customers um, pick up notifications and hum, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we always, um, it's just a great way of communicating. It's the ultimate. Yeah. Um, we do EDMs, um, which is um, email, oh, yeah. email newsletters. Yeah. Um, Sign-ups. You yeah, you've got to sign yeah, up to yeah, it. Yeah. So if anyone's interested, um, yeah, jump on our website and scroll down until you see the, um, you know, the subscribe because we have some pretty good content on there. Like we do, um, we you know, we do blogs, but we've got recipes and it's like industry news and all that kind of stuff. Like we just send out one a month, which is really good. Yeah. Um, and there's offers. I was looking the other day. You've always got something. Yeah, we've always got our specials. Actually, specials. one of the one of the um, things, I shop with special from specials. Do I you? swear, oh, I'm a special. Yeah, yeah, good one. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, look, one of the great things that we've done, we brought we brought in about six months ago was, um, look, it's not groundbreaking stuff. I mean, you know, supermarkets have been doing catalogs for eternity, but we've, you know, we finally got our shit together to the point where uh, we have all of our specials planned. Um, oh, for the year like, or six uh, months for, or whatever. Uh, no, like, we're pretty much just two months ahead yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, we do have a, a, a schedule for the whole year mm. for, for promotions. Um but as we're approaching them, we may tweak them. Yeah. But then we do um, we do pamphlets. Anyone who shops at Cannings now would realise uh, would know that we're sort of polluting their 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 shopping bags with um with a little you know a DL sized brochure, not a brochure, but you know a yeah, yeah, single single sided thing yeah. which tells them the specials for the month, um, things like that. Just trying to keep people you know aware of what's happening as opposed to them just walking in seeing a little special sticker. Like people can plan for it then. Yeah, yeah. I like specials because. It changes what you're buying as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Unless how you go in, you're like, I'll take the ribeye. I'll take yeah. the ribeye. Yeah. I'll take the scotch. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you end oh, up eating the same stuff. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, oh, I'll just go off the specials. You're eating flank or you're eating whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but look, another one, one that's free and I just think is the most important thing ever is just your reviews Google reviews you know yeah. like um, we've got great reviews on Google like we're pretty much you know 4.8 all over the place some of them are just like straight up 5 stars um, and look I just I'm so appreciate appreciative of the people who spend the time to place a review um, and if we ever get a negative one like well first I wish we'd never get a negative review because you know um, being a uh, well, you know, I kind of, I still refer to it as a small business, even though it's not, but you know, small enough for me to know that whenever we get a cust- like a customer complaint, like that, those, they come straight to me, those Google emails. And it's like heartbreaking when someone wasn't happy because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish yeah. they just told me because yeah, then yeah, we yeah. go full like damage control. Like I'll do anything to, to flip a, a, a review or like, you know, yeah, a bad ups- experience around into upset, a good experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah of Reviews aside, like I just want the customer to be happy. Um, and, um, yeah. Um, Nah, I put a lot of value on the um, on the on the Google reviews and stuff, and yeah. like we don't incentivize it or anything. We should um, because I'd like to you know to have even more. But um, you know you got to have you got to have a good Google rating, don't you? <laughs> and you decided to go cash cashless. Yeah, cashless. Yeah. What, what was your thought process, and did you get any pushback? Yeah. So leading up to going multi-store, so when we're at, like Hawthorne being the first store, leading up to going to open the Q store. Um, um, I'll just sort of refer back to what I said earlier about just wanting to simplify my life. Um, you know, butchers being, you know, there's just a, there's a lot of money floating around in butcher shops and any sort of retail business, cafes and stuff like that. There's just notes flying around all over the place. Um, 
health and safety wise, uh, or should I say food safety wise, um, it made Bacteria. sense. But yeah, yeah. And, and just with money flying around, it's just, I don't know. I just didn't want to be thinking about it because yeah, I yeah. knew I wasn't going to be there every day. I don't want to go to the bank all the time, doing change and all that kind of stuff. We were about, we were about 80% card anyway. Oh, so right, it wasn't okay. a, it wasn't a huge, um, you know, it wasn't a massive transition. Yeah, I don't yeah. think like, um, there was really only 20% of people that you really needed to convince. Yeah, yeah. And even then, like, yeah, look, we did get a bit of pushback. Um, actually, probably quite a lot in that first year. But now it's just like... No one's bothered. You don't even hear about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we've got quite a bit of media. I, look, I, honestly, I didn't do it for a media stunt or whatever, but it ended up <laughs> being, a, a, you know... You know, got on the bloody news and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's good. Heaps, I think it's great. Heaps of um, newspapers and articles and yada yada. Um, mm. But look, a lot, a lot of it comes back. You know, it's kind of selfish reasons. I just wanted things to just be easy and streamlined. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also just felt that you know, <laughs> cash. I also just felt that cash really just didn't really have a place in an in a in a. In a uh, like a food operation, yeah, like yeah. it just doesn't like you know it's we are in it. we are touching oh like yeah as I was researching it like it's oh, it's disgusting like they do swabs of of yeah. money and it's like cocaine can't move with lines of coke yeah, <laughs> yeah every note's got a bit of coke on yeah. it but you know there's fecal matter and stuff yeah, and and um, fungus there's funguses and fecal matter on every note yeah yeah uh, and it's just like it's messed up man yeah yeah like oh I mean I, hey I miss the cash days. You know, like there's something great about having a bit of cash floating around. But, you know, like probably one of one of the greatest things that had come from it is that it just it it makes you honest and you know we, we bank we bank absolutely everything everything hits the bank account we're getting taxed on everything which obviously hurts but but, but um look for the for this for the uh because um you know, we have a great relationship with the bank, um, and you know, we need we needed and need continue to need kind of their support um, moving forward. You can um, see everything. Everything's you know fully transparent. Yeah, and same yeah. like you know we we're, we've got uh, three stores at the moment in shopping centres, and um, you know they expect to see your your takings, and um, you know they know that when we give them our takings, they're legit. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, I don't think they can say that about anyone else yeah. that they have there. So they love us as well. That's so um, it's been it's just been really good for um, yeah, just keeping it all above board and just not having any temptation there for anyone, yeah, myself yeah. included. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Because yeah, you know it is too easy to have you know when you've got you know fifty dollar notes floating around to sort of you know just take off that cash that sale. Uh, yeah, that cash sale. yeah, and you know like. Um, as a business, you can't be small-minded. You know, when you've one store operation, it's fine. But when you've got you know six, seven, eight stores and you know hundred staff, you know, like yeah. everything's got to be by the book. Everything. Imagine so. if you got caught. Like if you weren't and you got caught, it'd be a. F- oh, it's just imagine it, the bill. It's Ooh. short-term gain kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, and sure. um, you know, as a business grows, you know, you've really got to sort of you know evaluate what's um, what's uh, important. Well, you've you have got an online store, yeah. And um, I just want to know what do you think? What do you think the future of retail looks like, as opposed to online? <clears throat> um, you look, must be pretty confident because you're opening and you're thinking about opening more stores. Oh yeah, I mean, look, I, I think um, meat retail, like actual, you know, uh, physical uh, going into a shop buying yeah. meat, 
Um, yeah, I mean, for us, I can really only speak for, for myself. You know, as I said, I'm, there's some butchers out there that, you know, are, are in a world of pain trying to compete with the supermarkets. Thankfully, we don't compete with supermarkets on price. Like, we've just got a different product. But there's yeah. a, lot of super, a lot of butcher shops out there that, you know, have a similar product competing hard on price head-to-head with the supermarkets and they just, it's hard. Yeah. Um, so I can only really speak for myself and um, I feel really good about the future and, uh, and uh, you know, I'm very confident that um, Cannings as like as a retail uh, operation, bricks and mortar kind of uh, operation is, um, yeah, has a great future. Um, in fact, after doing online for so many years and wanting that to work, um, and it, it does work, but it's nothing like bricks and mortar retail yeah. with, with meat. Like, don't get me wrong, I love shopping online, like yeah. buy everything online, but yeah. I don't buy meat online. Ask Toys R Us. And most, Do you know what I mean? Hey? Ask Toys R Us how what? it's going. Well, they're going on, they've gone under. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, toys, I didn't yeah, know. yeah. Um, but uh, online is is great um, for the time poor. And for those who, who um, would give us a chance online and trust us, they are often pleasantly surprised because we put the best of the best in online orders yeah. we make sure nothing nothing comes back everything is just like gold yeah and um, is, it because the, day, is it same day delivery or next day delivery what do you do um m- m- in a we're working on that oh no we do a same day delivery same day it's delivery. not really it's not really um cheap enough to sort of make it oh some people don't care i guess but for us to get it out the same day it's expensive yeah same day courier kind of scenario um but um oh we deliver five days a week um, all over Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so if I've seen it, if you order before, is what time is it? You'll get it that day. Is that right? Yeah, you get it that day. That's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, we're actually, um, yeah, we're just in the process of getting a second van um, so we can actually go multiple directions on any given day. So basically what I'm saying is we're, we're like, we're still investing in online. Um, yeah. We do it really well, but I also think that, um, yeah, it could, like there's always room for improvement, and um, yeah, we're going to keep investing in it. I think I think there is a future in the in the online thing, but it's never going to be anything like what clothes are in retail. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how that, um, you know, how that ready meal, ready to go meal. If you can get the margins on that working properly, properly, you've, that might there might be a good movement in there. You know what I mean? It's almost like a takeaway Uber Eats, but a bit more. Mm. I don't know. That's what. Anyway, listen yeah. to finish. I want to ask you a quick fire, a few quick fire things. Yeah. Ribeye or T-bone? Uh, oh. <laughs> Ribeye, just because I'm a, I'm a Scotch fillet lover. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you call it Scotch fillet? I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It. What do you call it? Well, I call it ribeye, ribeye. Oh, well, no, a ribeye is It's got a, the um, bone on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's yeah. a scotch fillet it's with, with the bone. It's got the bone on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just love the... Um, like you take the bone oh, What's it called? Spinalis? It's the. Uh, it's that, you know, you've got a scotch fillet and you've got the, the main the main eye. round eye and yeah. then you've got that other bit the on cap. top. The it's cap. the best bit. I love the spinalis. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I will take that. If I see one, I'll say I'll take them too or whatever yeah, with more yeah. of that. Yeah. Keep the fucking eye for me. Yeah, I pick out the scotch fillets that are just like half eye half spinalis yeah, like yeah, falling yeah. apart they yeah, look yeah. like crap it's practically chuck steak yeah exactly the same <laughs> turkey or chicken 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 lamb chops or lamb cutlets cutlets, cutlets. oh god oh god actually hang on you got me thinking 
the price difference on them, I don't know, I know about now in the drought, but the price difference on them is phenomenal. I think- uh, you know what? I, I'm going to change my answer on that. I think, because oh, I, I just love lamb. I just love, I love loin chops. I love chump chops. I love four quarter chops, man. Like, yeah, yeah. The four quarter chop. Cut really thin, cooked on the barbecue, like cooked to death on the barbecue. Yeah, because they're chewy as fuck otherwise. Oh, oh, but I mean, they're chewy anyway, but they're just like, you don't care. You yeah, know? yeah. I like, I like again, they've of... got quite a lot on the top, haven't they? Them for other four quarter chops, yeah. they've got a lot on the top as oh, well. Oh, yeah, 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 there's a bit of fat on them, but um, oh, lamb fat. Love yeah. that shit. Yeah. But I, I couldn't believe the, the the chops are so much cheaper. I always say it's the buy. That is the buy. Yeah. From the yeah. cutlet, I don't know what your price has done a few. Do you find that as well? Do you get a better price for the cutlet than you do with the chop? Um off the cu- saddle, yeah. Cutlets We're are mega about- expensive. Um it's a supply and demand thing for cutlets. It Everyone almost doesn't look- matter what they cost. We just can't get enough of them, <laughs> yes. you know. Yeah. So. Do you go? You might, I might know the answer to this actually. Do you know steak? Do you want? Would you rather steak and chips or bangers and mash? Bangers and mash. Yeah, well, you had to kind of you went on that. Whole I'm not a big steak eater. I only, I only have steak about once a month. I'm not a big meat eater to be honest. <laughs> I actually feel better when I eat vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's different, but like, I just don't really crave meat. Yeah, um, being surrounded by it, we have. We don't eat that much meat either, to be honest. But yeah. it's not a couple of times a week for sure. I crave bacon. That's pretty much the only meat that I crave. Yeah. Do you make your bacon or buy your bacon? We make it. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love. We've bacon. got a smoker out the back of Q, and we smoke all our own bacon and ham and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. 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 Actually, we um we do buy in one bacon, and that's our um. It's a Pacton Park one. Do you know oh, Pacton Park? Yeah, Jim. Of yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Um, we buy in their um, dry cured streaky bacon. Yeah, favorite bacon. You love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's preservative free as well. Yeah, so yeah. I absolutely love it. It's so good. That's what I feed to my kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then Bernays or Au Poivre? What's Au Poivre? Pepper sauce. Oh, I love pepper. Pepper, pepper sauce. sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a I reckon one. you'd make a mad. Yeah. What'd you call it? <laughs> Au Poivre. Oh, wow. Oh, God. I can't even pronounce that. Don't ask me to say that again. If, um, if anyone wants I need to you to make me one. Yeah. Done. One day. <laughs> one day. We'll put it on the list. If anyone can find, wants to find you, Instagram, you know, all the rest of it, sign up to the newsletter. What's the website and the rest of it? Yeah. Canningsbutchers.com.au. Um, Instagram is at Canningsbutchers. Canning Butchers. Yeah. yeah sure Canningsbutchers. Um, if anyone wants to shoot me an email directly, feel free. My, my email is sam at canningsbutchers.com.au. If there's any fruiterers out there that want to do a, a JV, let me know. Perfect. Well, listen, Sam, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. Pleasure. And yeah, I hope it's been, you've enjoyed it. Yeah, you know it's been I mean? fun. Perfect. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please tell a friend or give us a rating or review on your podcast app. It all helps to get more listeners. Thanks. Until next week, have a good one.